And here they come. Louth, O'Brien, O'Neill, Conlon, White, Coleman, Bean, Riley, Cunningham, O'Donnell, Lynch, McDonnell, Rose, Smith, Blood, and me and... Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Louth. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester at midfield, wearing number eight, the first all-star ever from Louth, would you welcome Paddy Keenan. Arguably the most popular of tonight's winners, Paddy has led from the front for Louth since his championship introduction in 2003. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by J.P. Rooney! And then it happened. Bean sends in from the sideline and Sean Cunningham finishes it to the net. Louth are in front. And here it is. Now the All-Ireland champions for the third time. Welcome to the We Are Loud podcast. I'm Daniel Bannon and London is calling. I'll be previewing the big qualifier game in UK's capital and doing a roundup of all the leagues that's taken place in the club action this past couple of weeks. So sit tight and stay tuned. League All About It update, probably number three uh, since. Where have we been since um, the last chat with John Savage? Um, a lot has happened. I think there's been. I think there's uh, there's only three games left in the league in Division One and Two. Like three rounds left, eight played. So credit to the county board. They played it. They played it right. Only one star game within within that. Plenty of football. That's what everyone wants. Maybe if you're if you're struggling with injuries or struggling with form, you don't want that many games. But once you're going well, you're flying. But you can see that there was a complete turnaround. Uh, so, in in a couple of the divisions. So I start with Division One. Um, the Blues are flying. Eight played eight one eight, and they're just yeah they're they're uh, they look very 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 formidable at the moment. Um, but you look at that Division One is really competitive, really good quality this year. Um, couple of weeks back you would have said the Geraldines are gone Cooley are gone the Brides are gone um, well I don't mean gone but down in the thick of it and now like there's only two teams safe maybe three teams safe out of 11 team division or 12 team division so there's nine teams there and there's only a couple of points or a couple of wins separating them from division four or from the top four to relegation so it's an absolute dogfight down there like the Brides, fair play to them, have got a couple of wins to beat the Pats and to beat the Martins. Two big wins, they've, they've, they've turned their fortunes around. The Clans as well, they've, they've got their business done early and are happy happy enough. Well, happy enough uh, in that they've got their seven points but not happy to, to be not adding on or pushing on. Um, the Gales have been dragged into it. The Mahonies have been dragged down there as well. I think maybe John O'Brien's injured. They're missing him. They're missing Crawley in the edge of the square this season. But uh, up the top, then you still have the Marys are lurking there. They're they're 
it's hard to know what the Marys they're, they're shooting the lights out but then they're losing games they, they have the same I think they have the same score and the same scores for as the Blues so it'll tell you how, how potent they are up front there's some serious forwards loads of, loads of talent and the Dreadnoughts as well they're knocking about as well and the Martins as well I think they're fourth they're out on their own but then Three teams and seven points, two teams and six points, and three teams and five points. So it's very competitive. Could go, could go either way. Will go down to the wire, and uh, with three rounds to go. Division two has a very similar look to Division one. Draw the side on top, uh, unbeaten, and fair play to the rallies. They really showed that they are a good team. They're serious forwards, and they're they're the top the highest scoring team in the county. Um, with Massive score difference, even better than the Blues. They're unbeaten. Did a big win over Hunterstown. Hunterstown have lost to the two above them, Kilcarely and the Rahali. So they were going well, but that 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 kind of just took it didn't their confidence as well. And then at the bottom end of the table, you have Roach. Nearly gone, all but gone, with three rounds, to, three rounds to go. There is still a bit of hope, but I think they play Kilcarely. Um, so they could clearly be looking to push it, push to the top, and that could seal their fate. And then just above that, you have uh, Glide and Glen Emmets. Glen Emmets have really turned their fortunes around. They're really good. They got really Garrity as manager, um, who was all, who was a good manager by all accounts, but necessarily wasn't a good enough communicator to get across, get it across what he what he wanted. Um, since he went. Well, since he went, did a really good performance against the O'Connell, or not the O'Connell's against um, the Rallies, and you thought, Jesus, that that it was a like startling, like it took the scoreline took it by surprise. So Jesus, they nearly beat the Rallies, the the best team in it. So it just showed, then they picked up two wins after that. Um, no, they, they hammered Lloyd, hammered them like put up not an awful score. Um, and who else then? Oh, who's done a victory against? Sorry, no, I'm getting confused. They did beat Roach, and I'm t- I'm thinking that they, they they beat the Rallies, but they didn't. They uh, they had another good win against Glide, and then in between, then yeah, the the Finn battered the slow start, but they're they're powering on. They got big confidence wins, seven goals against Roach. The O'Connells as well are getting their their, their act together. Probably the boys coming back would have helped that. Um, the Joes as well had some very dismal results, so some trimmings there. But they've they've kind of steadied the ship as well, so they'll be all getting their house in order, like the likes of the Feckins, the Moctis, even the Plunkets. Have, have kind of, Plunkets have kind of tailed off, but the rest of them there have really got their, their act together, and they'll be looking now. Some like a lot of them are good summer teams like the Joes, the Moctis, the Feckins, good dry ball, good weather. Use it like they're not they're not really gonna get a push at maybe getting promotion, but they'll 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 use the games to like get the eye in for championship and at the top, like it's 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 looking like the Rattleys are there. Um Kilcarely, the O'Connell's, Hunterstown and the Finbars. With the Feckins lurking as well. I think they might have to play each other. Uh, the Feckins will take points off teams as well. The Feckins have Roach and, and they have Hunterstown as well. So that's that they're taking that's a big four pointer to push themselves into that top bracket for promotion playoff. 
but it looks to me with three games to go, the Rattleys are four are four are four points ahead of Kilcarely and Hunterstown. It looks like they're up. Division three now, and the young Irelanders have really tightened their grip there um, at the top. They beat the Kevins. And that uh, look will have them um, with the head-to-head. I think they have a fairly, fairly uh, manageable run-in. So they'll be they'll be looking to uh, they'll be looking to go straight back up. They're, they're the only team. There's a couple of teams there that have lost um, a couple of games, um, but Napierce is nipping at them. But I think I think the young Irons will manage it and get up. The Pierce is a slightly tougher run in they'll play Lanlier, which will be which will be tough for them to like that'll be a very competitive game. The Kevins are nipping there if, if anything goes awry, so they'll be looking to get up as well. But to me, the, the young Irelanders will get up. And credit to Lanlier, they they've they they have a chance as well, like but they have a local derby against the Kevins to play, um They've had they've had a good season. The tones as well are, are pushing as well. They got a couple of wins, and the westerns are knocking about with consistency as well. They'd be looking to tune in for the championship as well. They've been probably dark horse as well. The um, down down the bottom, Dowdles Hill, Mitchells. Mitchells probably disappointed in themselves to only get two wins this year and. Down the bottom, we call and Gales and the Knicks be disappointed as well. I know that I think the Cahill and Gales do have a point. I think they, they got a draw against someone, but um, up the top, the two Dundalk teams, there's only two points between them. I can't see the Young Irelanders slipping up. I'm actually giving them the kiss of death there now, aren't I? I can't see them slipping up to let the Piercy uh, in, but uh, stay tuned. Don't be surprised. That's the league all about it report. Um, three rounds to go. There's a, there's a game the Friday before Loud play London. Speaking of London, have your tickets booked yet? Here's the Loud London preview. So even before um, the, the qualifier draw was named, um, London seems to be in vogue at the moment. London GA. Uh, a couple of stories went out. Well, one story in particular went out the week before the qualifiers. It was um, Paul Galvin went to visit the team, the, the former Kerry player and fashionista. So literally in vogue, uh, London GA at the moment. And I think he—I don't know whether he did a session or not with them, but he, he certainly spoke to the players after it. And one of the main stories or um, talking points from it was uh, he went through, he went went round every player in the, in the panel and went, "Oh, nice boots, yeah, they're they're two hundred quid boots, they? oh, lovely, one hundred and fifty euro predator, nice boots, lovely." Um, many is uh, owner football. And I think one put up his hand and he said he didn't even think he was, he was convinced he just threw up his hand anyway <clears throat> and he says I spend 150 200 pound on a pair of football boots and only his ball costs 50 or it's like having a, a load of Hawley sticks without, without a slitter he basically said uh, which he, he made a good point you know uh, 
that it's all about the ball and it can be passed on to any that can be passed on to any panel around the country in any club, any age group, any sex. Um, it was a really good point Galvin made, but that that just made that highlighted uh, London GA's plight as well at the moment. So they're getting a bit of exposure from that story from Galvin, high profile player. Um, he said he'd rather play in bare feet. He'd, ra- he'd rather play in bare feet with the ball any day. That that was his take on it, and he actually he actually wrote about that story in the Irish Times, and he went on further to say that. Uh, it's an awful trek and they've an awful hardship the London players to make it to their training. A couple of tubes, a couple of hours to get to where they go to after work and the sacrifice to make. But he made the point that why are they trying to emulate like rural Ireland in the middle of like one of the biggest cities in the world? To take inspiration from their from the surroundings, from the streets and from the hustle and bustle in the city, the diversity and the multiculturalism. And bring that into the into London, bring that into London GA, and let that be an expression. Like he's talking about street footballers, and bring a ball, bring a ball with you, and you can you can knock it off the wall, you knock it off the street, you hand pass, you get up your skills and hold on and what have you. You don't need that much space once you have a football and you're, you're kicking it off the wall, ball on the wall, basically. And he, he, one thing he did say as well, he said, uh, you always see a. Um, a hurler with a hurley in his hand and you never see a footballer with a football in his hand going around like and it's true like you see any folks in Kenny or you go walking through the streets of Kenny you see a young fellow with a hurley just bopping it off the wall as he goes to school or um, any time any moment they're, they're honing on their skills and it shows like just like the London footballers there what did they train what two or two nights a week three nights a week maybe in the gym but two nights a week with the ball and there's an awful lot of hours in the rest of the week that, that they could be using to hone their skills and it, it's just go it, like I said it, that could be said to any other team but um, that's just a nice little story to highlight London and how much they're in vogue at the moment and how much they're taken into things and they're looking into things and they're different and Galvin reckons that different is good he would he would say that but I know what he's getting at and when I talk about the manager next uh, Kieran Deeney you'll certainly know where this difference comes from and they've a well suited manager for this role Right, so a bit of background on um, Kieran Deeney, uh, a very outside, outside the box thinker, um, and what he does and what he plays and how he looks and how he perceives things and how he looks at uh, the way the game should be played or taught. He um, he would have played. He played for Horswood in Wexford. That's when I first came across him. Um, Matic Rangers played them in the uh, Leinster Championship the club championship in the, one of the first rounds 2005 and uh, he was one of, he was as one of the players he had to look at he was in the forward line with uh, PJ Banville and David Shannon as well he was another good player and then the, the, the star man with his centre back Leo O'Brien but Dealey was the man they were told was to, to link up play and 
you could see even in the way he played, he was a clever, clever footballer and he maximised what he is output. He's only a small, slight player, but even you could see he was different. He, he, like to give you an idea, not not even to be um, talking down or anything, but he had, he had an unusual hairstyle. It was nearly the likes you'd see a lad in Dublin with Harry Krishna, a bit of a, a hippie, oh, hippie sort of hairstyle. So he stood out straight away from that point of view. But then his movement on the field was very good. He was very, very, very fit. Extremely fit. And like even though he was light, he could get on the ball and he could he could give it as well as take it, you know. Uh, very clever footballer and caused us problems that day. But uh, we did we did just get over the line. Um, but and ever since then, you're uh, you always keep an eye out for teams and lads you played against. And he went on then to play for Wexford after that, and he went on to actually captain Wexford. I don't know whether he played. I don't think he played in the 2008 when they went on to the when Wexford went on to the All Ireland semi final with Matty Ford and that. I don't think he. He might maybe in or out of the team, but he's certainly Wexford captain from then on or in around that period as well. So he's a leader of men, and his profession is a sports scientist, and he would have worked with QPR, and he worked with soccer teams in, I think it was India. So he'd have a fair, uh, like, he'd be coming out from a scientific point of view, and he'd be he'd be looking at the game very diff- differently, and you can see that in his personality type, and I've heard recently as well that he would he would go off, he went off travelling on his own in uh, Asia, he he was in China and he dropped Jimmy McGuinness a text so they met up and what have you so he's picking people's brains all the time he felt after they were bet by Sligo to a bet well by Sligo in right slip 121 to 11 so 13 point defeat and he felt his players didn't perform and you'd like to think they probably didn't perform because I don't think looking at their team and looking at the results they did fairly well in the, in the National League in Division 4 Carl only beat them by 5 points um, so we know all about Carlo. Uh, he has them playing very well. They're going to be supremely fit. I think he, he even like you bring other people in. He got he made the contact with uh, Paul Galvin. He'd Harry Redknapp in for, for a chat with him as well. So he's all the time adding to it and developing his players and bringing them all and bringing the sense of togetherness in it and getting the maximum out of them. So he'll know loud inside out. He'll have picked other people's brains on loud and what to expect and how to work ways work ways around and how to be us. He he was he was manager of them uh, a couple of years ago when we were in Division Four. We just about beat them in Darver. Um So he'll know loud fairly well, and he's a shrewd operator. And it wouldn't surprise me if he pulls a few um, pulls a few tricks out of his, out of the bag. So that's that's a bit of background on their manager, Kieran uh, Daly, Wexford native, uh, London manager. I'm going to throw up a few uh, Laird London GA connections. Uh, I suppose it's not surprising with London as vast as it, as it is, and such a massive city and a massive place um, for immigration, what have you, and what's going on in Laird uh, this past few years. It's not surprising that there's a good few links that link up uh, here. Um, currently, um, you have Fiacre McArdle, who, who won the Intermediate Club Championship in London with the Cuchullans. He'd be a brother of um, Anus, 
that plays for the Gales, playing very well for the Gales at the moment. So Ian Faker was a good Gaelic player as well, more of a soccer player as well, I think. He was with Derby and what have you when he was younger. Um, big fan of the show, Paddy Halligan from Nave Martin. He uh, he's over, he's based over there. I'm not sure he's kicking football or not. Uh, but um, Graham Carr from Young Ireland. He was a part of the London team. Well, the London setup that got to the 2013 Connacht final that was bet by Mayo. He may have come on in one of the games. The bet's like on the bet leaped him on the way to the final. Um, he could have been involved. He would have played loud juniors in, with Aim McEnany. He would have been in around the squads with Aim McEnany, the senior squads as well. Um, I don't know whether he's still in London or not. Uh, he might or might not be. And then you have Keen Dials over there currently at the moment as well. Um, if he was home, he'd probably be on the loud team, never mind the squad. Um, big loss to the O'Connells as well. And couple of uh, an article came out a couple of weeks ago, very good article. Um, just now that I mentioned Keen Keen Doyle, say his club over there, Gary Owen. They have they have two loud lads playing. Um, uh, chap Ola Dimimi Ola Jibu. Probably didn't do him any justice. I remember we played the clans a couple of years ago, and they just called him Ola Ola. Very good player, very good half back, powerhouse driving forward. Possibly would have been on the fringes of of loud setup if he stayed. He's over there playing soccer in London, and with him uh, Miguel Cagua from uh, the Blues. He wouldn't have been. He would have been in around the fringe of the squad. He might have won a senior medal in 2013. Um, I'd say he did, uh, but I don't think he played. Didn't feature much. But uh, Ola Ola was was a very good player. Um, so they're over there it's a lovely story actually the two of them knew each other from early on and I think it was Ola that introduced Miguel to the to Gaelic and then they went their separate ways one went to Dundalk the other went to Drogheda and then they ended up meeting each other on the football field it's a good article um, I'll post it up on on the We Are Loud Twitter page uh, it's very good they're still playing football and uh, Ola and Miguel are they knew each other from young and they're, they're still playing over there. They emigrated from Loud and they, they found each other over there. It's mad how small the world it is, especially in a big city like London. And also we have uh, Martin Carroll. He's actually, he's in the squad. He could play, he could start in the middle of the field. He came on the last day in the, their loss to Sligo. A uh, very big man, big midfielder. Uh, didn't really know much about him before he went and only only recently recently well a couple of years ago when Loud played London or when when London run that run as well you, you'd look him up and you'd, you'd see oh you'd find a Loud connection and uh, he's been playing he's been starting this past couple of championship games with them um, big man like I said but I remember a couple of years I think it must have been Aidan O'Rourke Aidan O'Rourke's Loud team I think either London flew over I think yeah, London flew over to Loud all together for a challenge game for the championship. I remember chatting to Shane Lennon and Pop, and they were they were very impressed with Carroll around the middle of the field. He gave Keno and I think it was Brian White in the middle at that time. Was it White? Sir? Um, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't. Just before, just before uh, I think it was O'Rourke's last year. So maybe it wasn't I can't think but whoever it was he gave them their fill of it and they were very impressed with Carol so there's another chap that that has developed 
and you never know he could have been in the squads or in the current layered setup as well he probably definitely would I'd say he'd be a big help to Roach if they got him home as well for the, for the tilted junior but that's the layered connections um, excuse the pronunciations um, they say how you pronounce it is how you read that's yeah, not how you say it so please excuse me <laughs> My loud team to face London. A few tweaks here and there. I won't be throwing the, the baby out of the dishwater like uh, after that with Carlo defeat. The players are still there. They're still talented. They're good chaps. Um, they're more than capable of, of playing well any day they go out. Um, they're, they're good enough to beat London as well. Um, so I'm going to pick my team. And there's, there's a few slight tweaks, but no real overall change. I don't think, don't think anyone has left the panel since uh, the since the Carlo game, which is good to see. Um, so a few tweaks here and there from that game, and we should be better for it. Um, so in goals, Craig Lynch, who actually had a had a good game against Carlo, his kicking was quite good. He had one bad kick out in the second half, similar to what the Carlo keeper did and give away concession of a point other than that he was spot on his, actually, his kicking was quite good in the first half as well we had a good foothold in the game it was probably down to Craig's kicking out um, full back line um, I'd go Emma Carroll in full back um, James Craven played well the last day against Carlo has to be said he played very well he drove forward at times as well and added to it um, and right cornerback at a Fergal Donoghue He's play, he played well against Cork and he hasn't really got a look in since. Um, I'd have him in, um, start him, and build from there. Um, Derek McGuire goes sweeper. Um, but Hugh Osborne came in the last day, played very, very well, kicked the point, um, drove forward, throw him in, give him the experience. He's there on merit, he's doing well in training, playing very well for Tower last year. Um, throw him in, play him wing back, and let him. I suppose let him shine. I suppose um, left half back Anthony Williams, um, and then said the half Darren Mark take Darren Mark out of corner back where where he's more suited in the centre half. He plays there for Curley, comfortable there, holds centre half, knows when to go, knows how to defend from there, and then in the middle of the field I'd have Tommy and Bevan. Push Bevan in the middle of the field. Just like I said about Fergal Dunhill and Cork, when when Tommy um, when Tommy was injured against Cork, uh, Bevan pushed out there. Um, Connor already joined him, but Connor since left the panel. But so I, I'd match Tommy and Bevan in the middle of the field. They both work well. Bevan would bring that kind of defensive side to let Tommy go forward like he does. They work well as a partnership. They would have played there before. Gives us a bit of a drive from the middle of the field. A uh, bit of power as well. Um, push Andy onto the 40 and hopefully cause London problems from there. And either wing, and uh, the same wingers, Kieran Downey and uh, Jared McSorley. McSorley's playing well. He played well that day. He kicked three points against Carlo. His pace caused some problems. Uh, and, and the other wing, Kieran Downey, he, he, he did okay actually. Uh, his first start in Championship wasn't overly exposed or anything. 
the big thing is they'll all learn from this. They'll all learn from this experience. And they'll be better footballers for it. And I'd say they're dying to get out and play play a game for Loud and know about the games in London. Uh, inside Conor Grimes alongside uh, Nally, Ross Nally. Um, he's ineligible for the under-20s. He's playing a Monday night against Carlo. So he might as well play him. Bournes is suspended after the red card. And he's in fire with, with the club. Keep him lighting around the, the small parallelogram beside Conor Grimes taking all the flack and all the heavy doing all the heavy work finds Nally beside him bang 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 no better man to finish and take points and, and sniff a goal so that gives you a bit of a focus up front as well with Grimes and he'll cause problems he'll cause, he caused London problems years ago and uh, that that's my team you still have options off the bench you've Niall Conlon a couple of weeks fit, uh, fitness under him uh, also playing well with O'Connell's you have um, Ty McEnany still there, thereabouts. Owen Laverty, uh, Ronan Holcroft, and then there's, I suppose there's Evan Keenan as well, and uh, Samuel Roy. Those two chaps, would you risk them and take them out of the under-20 campaign? I don't know whether I would or not, to be honest, because I think looking at that under-20 team, it's not a bad team. You've a couple of games there in the group stages, and he's Carlo and Offley. I think, I'm not too sure, I'll have to check. But you've a good chance of going well there in Leinster. Maybe what's the harm in, in playing? It's a stupid rule anyway. They shouldn't be ruled out from playing one or the other. It's ridiculous, especially this time of year. Difference if it was on when the chaps are still playing cigarettes and football or trench cup. That's different. You've over overworked young players there. This time of year, these players need that sort of football. So let them play that at their own age group and let them you develop nearly more with your own age group at that elite level. So that that's my team. I wouldn't miss those two boys. I keep them for the under twenties. Because you're after you're after Emma Emma Carlin and uh, Ross Nally and you guys as you know Ross was alright. But yeah, so give that a good you'll be a good game one day actually as well. Stay tuned for that. Support the sport. That's my loud team to face Carlo. Oh, first not. She's a sick Carlo. Right, uh, my uh, London loud match preview. Uh, I suppose it's all about building up bridges and like mending. Mended the county after the defeat to Carlo. I know it's kind of been softened a little bit with the with the the win over Kildare. Um, it makes them out to be like, all oh, right, they're not that bad. But um, we know we didn't perform that day. And we're much better than what we are, and the way things are set up, we could be we could be a lot better as well. So London gives us a chance to get the confidence up. Like you win, like winning's a habit. Um, it's hard to get out of a losing streak in the GEA, especially in the county level, because you're playing league and it's on top of you. Like, games are held to skelter, and then you have a couple of breaks for championship, and then you, you break again, and then you lose. That's it for a couple of months, you know. So, London, I know it's a double edged sword. Like, people are kind of thinking around the county, oh no, we beat London Jays. Why can't we just be put out of misery and just go back to the clubs? But then you look at it another way as well. Um, we beat London. We get the ball rolling, and we play. We play another. I think 
the winner of this round of qualifiers plays the losing semi-finalist so that could be like we could we could get we could, we could possibly get Carlo again uh, I think we could get Carlo again if I don't think I don't think you can be stopped playing your uh, your team a team that you've already played I don't know but then there'll be Dublin are playing long for some looking at it, more than likely Longford Donegal and Dairn says maybe Dairn or Fermanagh um, Sligo, Leitrim, Clare, Tipperary a lot of Division 3, Division 2 teams we faced already so then you get another draw and you're on another couple of weeks and you're building up the you're building up momentum and you're building up the focus around the county team as well on the flip side as well there's another kind of there's a thought like you get London grand you're expected to beat London but then you're also on a hiding to nothing really you're expected to beat them but then if it goes anywhere tight at all, you get you get abuse and they get they get a lot for it. Like similar to what happened against against them in that Division Four game, it was a flat. I know it, it was a National League game in Darvo was kind of probably flat and a different experience, especially when the lads train there week in week out all over winter, and you go and play it there in that venue. It doesn't really like bring out the best, you know, what have you. So, but it, it's. Like that day, it's all about just getting the victory and beating London. Um, we're good enough to beat London. Um, I think, well, people might say, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if we get back by London, but I don't think, like, realistically now, we're not, we're not that bad. We just have to end the podcast if if we lose to London, because, like, I know the last one was the death of loud football, being defeated by Carlo in that manner, but... Uh, we just have to handle the pressure of being favourites. It'll be probably the first game this year where we will be favourites to beat London. It'll probably bond the lads going over there. I think uh, after the Carlo game, they didn't train until the following Friday night and they went down to the beach, had a bit of a barbecue and a bit of a get-together. So that was good to see. Already on the first steps of mending the, the heartache after that loss to Carlo. So, oh, like... We're definitely good enough. The novelty of going over to London is going to be great crack. Have you booked your ticket yet? Um, flights are not overly expensive. A couple of hundred quid. Um, Heathrow's the nearest airport to Ryslip. And Ryslip looks like it's a fantastic venue as well. Um, we're well catered for and well looked after. Uh, so, be a bit of crack. Good bit of banter over there. Um, Hopefully go over, get the win, come back, reassess things again and go again and you get another good draw and you're away in a hack again and then you're building it up. And look, it's really and truly it's all about like winning games in the summer. We haven't really won games in the summer in a long time, since probably that 2010 run really. I know he wins here and there against Leitrim in the qualifiers, we bet Carlo, we bet Wicklow, all those sort of preliminary round games in Leinster but... No real back-to-back games or, or runs like of hype around the county to get their teeth into. So like London, they'd be they'd be they'd be okay. Like they have a couple of they've Mark Gottish who's been there a long time, midfielder. Uh, Adrian Moyes is good. Like a lot. Like, I think they have seven London-based chaps. Uh, Liam Gavigan's a good player as well. Uh, Mangan centre backs good player. So, good player, but they wouldn't be as strong as they have been. They wouldn't have. I don't think Lock and Mulvey's playing anymore. The big Cavas man, Cavan man, full forward. 
Um, they have a chap, Erwin from uh, Mayo, who's in, 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 under 21 All Ireland with Mayo, and he's in around the fringes with um, the Stephen Rochford uh, panel, but he got cut. So he he'll he be just thereabouts on the Mayo panel. So that's a good forward to have. Look at. It's going to be a novelty. It's going to be great for the lads to get away for the weekend and go about their work and bond over there again. Because there is good crack with that with that camp. You can see it. They're, they're a tight, tight-knit tight group. Um, so hopefully we go out and we do the business. And, uh, I, can't, I can't see us not doing the business. I know it might be a big shock, but that's what will be a shock. Uh, I think we'll be, we'll be good enough to do it on the day. Um, so I'm looking forward to a loud victory and a bit of crack over there. I'll I'll be I'll be I'll be over there um, giving updates as well. If you want to follow the the We Are Loud um, page, and hopefully I'll have a few podcasts done over there um, to have it for the Talking Points podcast the Monday after the game. So thanks very much. Um, if you haven't booked your flights after the, today's bumper preview, um, I hope you will and get get it sorted over the weekend. The um, shout out to the miners who are unfortunate with Dublin just kind of knocked the confidence going forward it's a great game in, in RD very entertaining game and then they're right in it up until the Mead game until the probably the last 10 or 15 minutes against Mead a couple of big players had to go off again in a couple of these games uh, but there's still loads of talented chaps there you could see them see the couple developing and into into the senior panels for the, for the future to come so that's it so follow follow the We Are Loud um, Facebook page Twitter page um, got a good reaction off the um, Facebook live as well Might, I'll possibly be doing that over there in London as well um, most of all thanks many for listening really appreciate really appreciate all the feedback and it's, it's great to know there's plenty of loud passionate loud fans out there that that um, want to keep the thing going and are highly interested in it. Uh, so here we go. London calling. Thanks very much.